0: All right, welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is me, um, (laughs) the podcast host, the editor, the person who reaches out to the guests. I do the scheduling. I do the, uh, um, what's that thing called? The promotion. I do all of the... I do everything. I do everything for the podcast. I do everything for the nonprofit. I'm the executive director, marketing director. I do the coordination between the board members, uh, as well as the grant applications, speaking applications, the disclosure, coaching calls, whatever you want to call them. I run the social media accounts. Uh, But I also work, so I got two part time jobs. And I also, uh, well, I'm learning more about yin yoga so that I can start teaching that as well. So um, I want to apologize for missing the release date of yesterday because this week was just, I had to be up at 4 o'clock and I didn't get home until 7 o'clock. So... That left me with like an hour and a half, two hours to really just get ready for the next day. So if anybody has any questions about the inconsistency here, then that's what it is. Not to make excuses, but it's literally only so many hours in a day. And I've tried to record um, wherever I could, like at work, finding a spot to go and just record a podcast episode. But it was loud. I couldn't do it. So with that said here we are I guess it works out because today I get the um, I was able to sleep in until about 6 a.m <laughs> which is incredible for me. And then I decided to go ahead and pop up and make this podcast episode. And this one is really going to be centered around not disclosing your herpes status or not sharing your herpes status or initiating that conversation with partners. And before going into that part of the conversation, I want for people to know that uh, you can donate at uh, to Something Positive for Positive People by going to www.spfpp.org or... Venmo is Courtney Brain, PayPal is SPFPP, Patreon is SPFPP, and then there's also Cash App, and that's just my first and last name. So if you want to do that, please go ahead and do so. All right, having a video version of this, I recognize that. My Instagram audience and the podcast audience are not always the same people. I'll talk about things on the podcast where people on Instagram will reach out and ask me about stuff that is typically done or said on the podcast, especially recent episodes. I'll talk about stuff on Instagram where people who reach out to me who listen to the podcast will ask about. So I'm hoping that combining, at least in this case, uh, the video format of Instagram and the audio format of the podcast will allow for me to have something that is useful to everybody who listens to or finds something positive for positive people. And I recognize this. I recognize that the social media is one place, one audience, and then the podcast is a completely different one. Uh, There's a little bit of overlap, but I would argue that it's not even a relevant percentage of which there's that crossover between the two um recently a lot of conversations have been coming up around not telling a person that you have herpes and not to say that everybody who listens to this podcast or who will see this is someone who doesn't have it or who uh, assuming that they have it but i want to be sure to speak to this topic as a whole by 1st off just saying that if you have these thoughts it may we have the thoughts, right? Because it's easy. It is an easy thing to do to just withhold information from a person, especially when what it is that you want is right there in front of you right now in this moment. So it's important that You, at the very least, consider looking at the bigger picture of what it is that you want with this person or what you want, period. Because sprinkling in deception into your desire, especially at the expense of another person's overall well-being, is not going to often produce the result that you want. Like that's, if anything, creating more of a degree of separation between you and this person and keeping you from being able to fully connect with one another. I recently made a post where uh, there was a guy who reached out to me and he was coming up on his one year since he was diagnosed and we had talked a year ago and uh, when he reached out, he talked about being in therapy and he talked about how he's been having more of these conversations with his friends around him talking about their herpes status and that uh, they've not disclosed their status to people and on one hand, it's like, okay, One, people don't generally talk about their sexual health status uh, before having sex. We do, in fact, default to just wearing a condom. The Centers for Disease Control here at CDC.gov has uh, six recommendations for uh, preventing STDs. The first one, well, I don't know what order it is. I know there's six of them though. One of them is get tested to know your status, uh, practice mutual monogamy between partners, get vaccinated, and they only really mention the HPV vaccine. Uh, They talk about, of course, abstinence. And then there is also, um, I don't know why, I'm I'm not remembering all six, but one of them is wear condoms. And condoms really are, or were created to prevent Pregnancy, because they keep the fluid of the penis from getting into the vagina, if worn correctly, a hundred percent of the time. What they don't prevent is STIs that come from skin to skin contact, or if the condom falls off, or if it breaks and there's transmission that way. But we don't we don't talk about that. So. In the society that we live in, what happens is we often will default to wearing a condom as a means of avoiding having to have the communication that is necessary to really know the status of yourself and your person prior to going into the sex that you're going to have, whatever that relationship is going to look like. The default is very avoidant of emotional Vulnerability and um, and uh, it, it's very just avoidant because we don't have to have that conversation. Why do I need to have a conversation if I'm gonna wear a condom? is what a lot of people are thinking. And even healthcare professionals are saying, just wear a condom and you don't have to worry about anything. Even if you're wearing, uh, using your antivirals, if you're taking antivirals, that reduces the chance, it's unlikely that you'll pass it on to a partner, but that's not, that's not accurate. And for the healthcare providers who uh, are saying this, that's inaccurate information. And this directly conflicts with their role in STD prevention because they're the initial touch point of STD stigma. When a person has any inkling of possibly having a sexually transmitted infection, they go to a healthcare provider, they get tested, they find out they're positive, and then they're told, all you have to do is take your antivirals and wear a condom and you'll be fine. People are in that space looking for a reason to not have to have this conversation, it's hard. And we live in a predominant hookup culture where in order to do that, in order to survive or thrive in it, whichever side of the spectrum you're on, you really do need to be able to preserve your ability to continue in these kinds of relationships. If you want the I don't want to say it's 100 percent of the time, the illusion of intimacy through sex or the illusion of connection through uh, physical intimacy. But for a lot of people, that's what it is. Um, for engaging in a relationship that is going to have some sort of a connected component, you got to understand that this may be short term, you got to be ready (laughs) for in the event that you get your feelings hurt. And I see a lot of that. I see a lot of people who are emotionally unavailable because for so long they've had to practice being emotionally avoidant. And I've had relationships this way as well where someone was just not fully available and for me, what happened was i had the practice of getting better at being with emotionally unavailable people therefore picking up that skill of being emotionally unavailable i think that that same thing goes for not disclosing if we choose not to disclose our sexual health status or our positive herpes status to a partner we get more better we get more better we get better at not disclosing our status and what Disclosing our status to a potential partner represents is an invitation of vulnerability. Oftentimes, people who are hearing from us that we have herpes, uh, especially in the context of where they're wanting to move forward sexually, this might be the first time they heard that. And so you got to really be empathetic to the fact that they're going to have whatever their response is. And that's okay. But also understand that this isn't 100 percent about the fact that you told them that you have herpes. What this is, is that now rather than thinking, oh, okay, I'll just wear a condom. This is something that they actually have to picture much more long term and ask themselves a question that they might not have had to ask themselves before. What do I want? And then what do I want with you? And then it goes further into, well, are you able to give me what I want? And is what you are able to give me going to be enough? Because think about it. We have to have a very hard and vulnerable conversation with people when we go into the process of disclosing our status. Right. Whatever feelings might come up, whatever uh um, the trauma was that may have potentially brought it on these are the kinds of things that we have to think about so when we tell someone they now have to consider the possibility of contracting this virus and then having to go on and tell a future partner and the way that we present it is going to be the only baseline that they have to go off of when it comes to uh deciding whether or not that this is worth the quote risk and there is no way to just completely not transmit herpes to another person there's no way to do it you can't just not transmit it right even if you are asymptomatic yes your likelihood of passing it on is significantly lower than if someone were having an outbreak not wearing condoms not taking antivirals but the thing about it is that there's always a possibility and so I will never tell people what to do, but what I am going to tell you is some experiences that I've had. If there weren't people who didn't disclose their status, there would be no something positive for positive people and there would be no positive no something positive for positive people because there wouldn't have been people that I would have found who wanted to kill themselves because of their herpes diagnosis, right? Now, anybody who's here anybody who sees this anybody who's listening to this if you regularly follow me you are more than likely a capable person of being able to sit down and have an adult conversation with somebody about your sexual health right now the reason that you may not want to is because perhaps that person may not be uh someone who can give you what you need like we have all these physical needs we want good sex we want someone we're attracted to we want a quality uh lifestyle as well um but uh, going back to the hookup culture thing there's often the biggest struggle for people disclosing seems to be with people who feel like this wasn't fair no they didn't disclose to me it's not fair that i have to have this conversation with people and then the other part is that that emotional piece, like how vulnerable you have to be with a person and how vulnerable uh, you're making them have to be. And when I speak about vulnerability, I'm not talking about that performative vulnerability that we see on social media, the kind where it's for likes and comments and shares. What I'm talking about is real person-to-person, one-on-one vulnerability. Like I got, I'm almost at 9,000 Instagram followers at this point. So me sharing something, quote, vulnerable is more than likely going to be because i know this audience i know what they want to see i know what they want to hear and this is something that's coming from my personal experience but it's packaged in a certain way i'm going to get positive reinforcement i'm going to get no reinforcement i might get negative reinforcement but there's so there's such a high quantity of it that it doesn't really carry any significance however you sit me down across from somebody whose opinion i really value and i sit down with them and i share with them hey I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay my bills next month if I sit down from them and I'm like, I don't know how um, I'm, I'm feeling sick. I'm going to have to miss work. <clears throat> uh, I'm lonely. My feelings are hurt. I don't know if I can get out of bed, whatever. That is vulnerability. And we've gotten so far away from that because that high quality of that interaction um, with the person right across from us is significantly more intense than the quantity of the people who we don't have that in-person connection with right there's a screen between us and not only is there this screen but there's however many miles apart we are there's also the time at which you might be watching this like it's seven twenty-three in the morning pacific time right now you might be watching this a day later a week later a month later and we're still connected and that same thing goes for vulnerability like it's not <clears throat> it's not Often present, but it is presented whenever it's presented not to say that it's any less real, but what I'm saying is that it's much lower risk. There is a much greater risk because you are more invested in that in person interaction than you are online and. I'll be the first one to tell you, like, I think that I've gotten really good at the online vulnerability compared to the in-person vulnerability. But that practice online made me better at doing it online. Right. The practice that I've been trying to do lately in person, like I've been really adamant about talking to my friends more. I tell my friends I love them. And these are my platonic guy friends. These are my relation. These are my relationships with the men around me. And the more that I've been able to do that, the more real that I've been able to uh, be—not just uh, in my day-to-day life, at work, uh, or with my uh, passion, or with the podcast—and but that also translates uh, to relationships. It translates online. I'm able to be real. I'm able to say, "Hey, this is." Who I am. This is what I'm presenting today. And I'm okay with the consequences because one of the things that we understand is that or we have to understand is that we risk rejection for the sake of connection. And ultimately, I know for myself that like that's the ultimate goal for me in life is to experience connection to be connected to to be able to connect with others and connect other people as well. And I'm doing that like I'm living it. And so for me, when I look at the idea of not disclosing my herpes status to a person, like I'm kind of out of that at this point, like there is no not disclosing for me. If I do is it's for scandal purposes. Like I would have to not disclose my status to a celebrity and then she find out and then go to the media. And then that'll be probably the one time that the media outlets actually say something positive for positive people. Cause I can't tell you how many interviews I've been in where they're like Courtney brain, this story, this experience. And it's like, Damn, y'all can't reference a nonprofit. I say that cuz I made that joke to somebody recently. I was like the only way that this thing going to really blow up is if there's some kind of a scandal associated with it. So y'all know any celebrity, let me stop. I ain't going to say that. <laughs> um the quality of that intimate in-person one-on-one connection is significantly more intense than the quantity of several online connections um, or over the internet, not to say that one can't become the other, but we, what we practice is what we get better at. And so as you continue to share your status, you will get better at doing that. But as you don't, you're going to get better at doing that. And is that what you really want? Do you want the kind of connections that are built on deception? You know, not, you're not a liar. And that's why uh, one of my values in relationships is transparency. I say transparency instead of honesty because I can be honest with you and still be deceptive. I can withhold information. I cannot tell you a particular part of the story. Example that I use is if I'm in a monogamous relationship and I have a one night stand with somebody and I come home that night and my girlfriend asks me, hey, did you sleep with someone so? No. I know what she's asking. me. She's asking me if I had sex with this person, but she specifically verbatim said, did you sleep with so-and-so? No, I didn't sleep with so-and-so. Okay, go on about our business. She ain't asked me if I had sex with so-and-so. That's a different story, right? So that's honesty. But that's not transparency and contextually, you know what this person means, right? I've come to realize over the years that the most dangerous type of person is the one who can lie to themselves, not even know or maybe not even know that they're lying to themselves, but live as if that lie is their truth, because then they're consistently lying to the people around them and don't nobody even know it's a lie. And it takes for you to really be observing and see inconsistencies with people. Like I've dated someone like this, who would lie to herself. And then every decision from that was just reinforcing what that lie was, but it was masked as the truth. So she was living in her truth, the truth that she told herself or that she uh, told herself and then told other people. But the inconsistency was that the behaviors didn't match the belief. And that's essentially what this does. So if you're not choosing to share your status or you're choosing to just withhold it completely, you know, what values do, do does that validate for you? Because for me, I mean, like I've I've gone through the process, I've not told partners that I have herpes before we had sex, and then what ended up happening was I was not able to, I'm trying not to curse because then these videos get removed, Uh, I would not be able to fully maintain an erection for the duration of sex, and I was a very ego-driven person all those years ago. And so, I couldn't have nobody running around here telling their friends or going to the group chat saying, Yeah, Courtney gave me half-heart peen." I'm going to use pain instead of the D word. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't do that. And that's, it's funny because that translates to how I felt when I got my herpes diagnosis all those years ago. Because uh, it was really... I didn't want to be known as that dude who was going around here giving people herpes. So, when I found out I had herpes and I made those text messages. I ain't going to say made those phone calls. I sent messages. Hey, do you have herpes? Do you have herpes? When everybody said no, I was relieved. I ain't had time to be sad. I was so ego driven that it was a matter of, damn, I do not want to be known as the person who is going around here giving people herpes. And that's been consistent, you know, even through now, like I, even if I disclose to someone and she's okay with it and, We move forward, we have a good time, and she doesn't have herpes. Like, I still don't want to pass it on to them. And I know that there would be some guilt if I were to have done that. And the way that I get around that personally is just by making sure now that they know, because I've had situations where someone gave me informed consent, but maybe it wasn't as fully informed as it could have been. And those relationships just didn't work out, you know? And that goes back to the thinking about right now thing. So um, if you're across from someone, you tell them you have herpes, they say, okay, I don't care. And then you move forward. And then later on, you know, they might be, "Uh, I wasn't too sure about that. That's a risk that we gotta take. That's a risk that, uh, that, 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 that's a risk for the connection. You know, no matter the lifespan of whatever that connection is, that's the risk that we have to take. So it's not just a risk of rejection, to be completely honest. It's the risk of rejection as well as the risk of connection temporarily. Now, the risk of that rejection coming later, I think that that is significantly worse than just having that person be like, no, I'm not okay with this. That's my person. Those are my personal thoughts because I've experienced it. And I recognize that, you know, that higher high of expectations just creates more of a height for you to fall from. And I'll tell you this, but once you fall from that, you you come back strong. Like you, you can get a little bit higher next time, but understand that there's going to be the risk of a fall. I tell people like heartbreak, man, heartbreak is probably one of the most intense emotions for you to really get right. You experience a heartbreak and then you go and you start working, you start getting in the gym, you start reading, you start creating things and you become a person that you didn't even know was possible, right? Because of the energy shift that occurred from whatever that heartbreak is. And it's the same thing with disclosure. As we continue to do that, we are building. I don't want to say resilience or resistance to the feelings. We just, we simply get better at it. We get better at the process of disclosing our status. We get better at uh, that vulnerability muscle, at becoming emotionally available, at becoming a person that people don't want to be emotionally unavailable around. We want people to open up to us. We want to be connected to. And again, my core life goal is connection. Like that would be, if I were to sum my life up in one word, it'd be connection. And the way that I get to connection is through living my life with my three values, and one of those values is transparency. And so it's important for me to be transparent, but what does it do for you? How does withholding your herpes status from a person that you want to develop a relationship with, or even if you just want something from like, yeah, we do live in a transactional society. We take from people all the time right there are people that we get certain benefits from there are people who have resources that uh, they can share uh, that we can utilize exchange with uh, take from whatever we we have that but is it fair to not give them the option of having something taken from them while also Giving them something that is going to take from them. And that's not saying that we're going to give them herpes every time. But I do believe that there's something to be said for when there is upfront transparency and we do lead with our values that yeah. allows for the relationship to develop in a different way than it would if we had to lie. Like, I again, like I've, I've done that. I've just not said anything and use the excuse of, oh, well, she didn't ask. Okay, so you'd be mad if ain't nobody asked you, but then you ended up getting something else on top of that because you didn't ask. So it's not... I don't want people to think I'm shaming. I had a conversation with someone yesterday, and they they brought that up when I made uh, my most recent post about not disclosing your herpes status. But that really wasn't about not disclosing your herpes status. That was about uh, the thoughts around it, thinking about it, and just being like, hey, you're not the only person who thinks about this thing. So if you're going to think about it, here are some things to think about with it. What do you really want? And what do you get out of withholding your herpes status from a potential partner? How does that get you the outcome that you want? Does that get you the outcome that you want? It's just something to think about because again, the more the more of whatever it is that we're doing that we do, the better we get at that. You know, I, I've been podcasting for six years and it's taken me probably five of those years to get to a point where I feel comfortable being on a video where there are no edits. I can't edit the video. I can't edit this live video. It's taken me a lot of time to get to this place. And the only way that I've been able to get better at it is through consistency, consistently being aligned with the values that are in place for me in order to continue to do what it is that I'm doing. Because otherwise, I would just get better at not doing hard things, get better at doing hard things and hard things become easier to do. That is not my quote, I have no idea who said that, but I've heard it enough times from different people to know that that's a real thing and I also live my life by that. You know, the the thing that is in fact challenging, that's going to make you the kind of person who can thrive in a challenging state. So again, just going back to the hookup culture thing, like when we disclose this is not a herpes issue, this is a societal environmental issue because we don't trust that relationships are going to last. And so we get into a situation and like that's another thing. Like stop dehumanizing people, right? We ain't got to call people f buddies or friend with benefits or situationships. I had I, I talked about this already, but I had somebody who we were in I don't even want to say it was we were intimate, but we fooled around And then I just checked in with her a little while later, and she was like, oh, yeah, well, you know my situation, dot, dot, dot. And it's like, yo, that's your whole boyfriend. Like, don't call your boyfriend your situation. Like, we dehumanize people in order to feel better about ourselves for getting what we want in that moment. And herpes is, like, one of the um, examples of that. Like, it's not, if it wasn't herpes, it would just be something else. So... What I'm encouraging here is for people to take the time to consider what ways does your decision validate your identity, validate who you are, validate the kind of outcomes that you want out of life versus not. Because if you, I mean, if you choose not to disclose, then you're validating your values you know that that's that's another conversation right so whatever it is it needs to be adjusted like our behaviors are always going to reflect our beliefs our beliefs don't always reflect our behaviors. So whenever there's that inconsistency there, that's something to look at. That's information. We need to take that information and do something with it. So that, that that post again was not exclusively about herpes. Like that was the topic of discussion that brought us in. Just like with everything else, this podcast. It started because people with herpes wanted to kill themselves. And the conversation would start with herpes. And then it would end with why a person was suicidal and what that person's relationship to themselves was, as well as their relationship to their relationships around them and the people who were in their lives, what they had going on around them. The fact that they probably just were unhappy in where they were, or how they got there. So when we really begin to go through the process of looking at where are the inconsistencies between our behaviors and our beliefs, that's when we start to see things for what they really are. And if disclosing your herpes status does not get you the outcome you want, try and decide, well, maybe this is the outcome I need. Because as long as you're maintaining your integrity and you're making decisions from a place that aligns with your values, there is no wrong outcome. There is no wrong decision. Now I can I can quote this. Um, I believe that it was Dr. Robert Glover. Uh, the author of No More Mr. Nice Guy, who said this. He said, we make we don't make right or wrong decisions. We make decisions and then we make them right. If it wasn't Dr. Glover, then it would have been Dr. Maxwell Moss of Psychocybernetics cybernetics who said that. So there are no wrong decisions that we can make when we're making decisions from a place of integrity. We make a decision, and then we make that decision right and if it wasn't the right decision then it wasn't right because it didn't align with our values that's really all it is and again like this ain't about (laughs) herpes like i i I see people always try to make you know a lot of the content that i make about herpes that's not it anymore like it started out that way because that's what i thought it was but the more deeper, I got to dive, the more conversations that I got to have with people. A lot of this is really on our psychology, like our own self-images, right? And The way that we view ourselves is essentially like an extension of what herpes is like herpes does in fact force you to have to look at how you look at yourself and then you can decide to keep doing what you're doing go ahead you're probably just not gonna get the outcomes that you want but if you want a certain type of outcome then you do have to go into that place that is uncomfortable it's uh, something that we've not been trained for perfect example I was talking to a friend of mine who just got into a very healthy relationship he's happy it's a healthy one and the thing about it is he has become so calm in the chaos of hookup culture and he's like all right yeah this is what it is that now the calm does not translate into a calm environment it's chaotic to him and he catches himself wanting to speak uh wanting to self-sabotage in different ways but it's like hey man you just got to you just got to turn the knob adjust that knob from being calm in this chaotic environment to allow yourself to be calm in this calm environment right and that's what that's really what this whole thing is if we have gotten so comfortable in just being able to survive superficial relationships, going into a healthy, emotionally available, and consistent and transparent relationship where we get to just be ourselves with a person, they get to be themselves with us, and we just get to be present with one another—that's uncomfortable, and that's when we re- that's what we really try and mess up. But when relationships end and we really are able to look and go, hmm. Who I was in that relationship does not align with the outcomes that I want. We can see this from a whole different perspective, you know. And uh, I interviewed the Al- the alkaline traveler, who uh, made the post. I mentioned this. Um, she made the post about how she was going to. She wants to bring people on her healing journey with herpes. I forget the exact language, but um, one of the things that came up there was. And this episode will be out in two weeks. One thing that came up that we spoke about was healing from herpes. It's not, I have a bump. I need this bump to go away. And I need to be able to touch people here without them getting this bump as well. That's not what it was. It was healing the emotional, the psychological, the spiritual components of that. It's going on this emotional roller coaster of self exploration i got a podcast called self and i essentially was processing my therapy sessions on that podcast and now it's really just kind of thinking out loud and that's like my new journal and it keeps me accountable for being able to consistently go there and be able to put my own experiences out there out loud uh to keep myself accountable I'm someone who has always had accountability i played sports i had coaches i had teammates i had people around me that when i said i was going to do something i had to do that thing if i didn't do that thing i was going to be held accountable one way or another whether that was punishment from coach whether that was uh some sort of disciplinary action or whether that was just like not being accepted by my peers and my community or my teammates right so i don't think that we allow ourselves to have that anymore and there's so much more to be said about not just hookup culture and making people have to be avoidant emotionally or emotionally unavailable in order to survive to re- receive that perceived illusion of connectedness with another person through sex And hey, Also, like, that's another thing, too, is that there's sex uh, being the desired outcome when really what we want is connection. And to have that connection, that requires a level of communication. And some people's communication language, unfortunately, is exclusively sex. I've been one of those people. You know, to me, it was like, let's get sex out of the way so that we can communicate. And I've lived that for a very, very long time until it became like, you know, understanding that having some sort of a connection there has become more important to me because not to say that sex has become less important, but sex has become less of a priority because now intimacy is the priority, you know, being seen, being experienced, being able to just exist in a state of presence as you are without having to like turn on and play the game like the game is fun when you're able to play it as yourself if that's who you are but understand that if you're playing a game that you don't actually subscribe to from a place of your values it you're you're losing and you also are just like wasting your your being on being in that space. Like make it to where you know what kinds of outcomes you want and then make the decisions that are going to prepare you for receiving that outcome. That's been something that I had to learn over the last six years, especially because I've recognized that the outcomes that I've wanted were not the outcomes that I was getting. I can't say that. I got the outcomes I deserved. I didn't get the outcomes that I wanted. Right. And even now. I'm very much working towards getting the outcomes that I want, and that required for me to have to have some behavior shifts. I have to say no to things that I normally was indifferent to, but after realizing that those things I was indifferent to were more so making me unconsciously say no to the things that I'm actually a yes to. Um, I, ooh, I, can't, I can't go into that example, uh, but I have examples, I have experiences that I've had where, um, I made a decision against my better judgment, I made decisions that went against my intuition. I've chosen to do things that I wasn't a yes to, but because other people were a yes to, those have had outcomes and consequences that have affected me not in terms of herpes, but financially they've affected me time-wise you know um there's uh coach greg adams on youtube he says protect your meat protect your money your energy attention and your time and the things that i say yes to that i'm actually a no to defy like it, it it disrupts those things it feels like a waste of money a waste of energy a waste of attention a waste of time and so now like my meat is guided in a more clear direction of the outcomes that I want. But the only way for me to really do that is to like, <laughs> I, I, I don't have a non cheesy Instagrammy way of saying this, but you really do got to put your meat onto those values. There it is. It's better than saying focus on yourself. When people say focus on yourself, don't nobody know what that means. Like, and it seems like you got to be selfish. No, that's not what it is. The whole self-care thing and prioritize you and do you like people learn best from other people in life experiences and with other people in community, in relationships. Like if you have me sit down and read a book, I'm gonna fall asleep three lines in. I'm gonna start dozing off. But if you put me around people who are practicing and living the things that are in that book, I'm going to absorb so much more from them in a short period of time. And there's also going to be that accountability and then that course correction along the way of, hey, man, you said you wanted to do this. You're not doing that thing like you're, you're doing something different. And I even noticed that with like video games. I play video games with my friends and it ain't it, it translates. It translates so well. Um playing call of duty if you play call of duty and the game modes where when your teammates die out you have the opportunity to bring them back okay there have been so many times where i will be the person who oh you know i'll sacrifice myself so i can buy someone else back and put more trust in them to win the game at the end and there were a couple times where i couldn't do that but in those instances where i couldn't do that what would end up happening was i had to fight I had, it was me and whoever else was left and I win those games. Winning those games was so much more rewarding because that does in fact, in va- uh, it validates my identity as a winner, right? I'm a competitive person. I like to win. And for so long, I think that I've repressed that. I was reminded yesterday, talking to my friends, cause the draft happened yesterday and they made the funniest joke. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, my friend Chris, he was like, uh, he said, man, of course, you don't know, even watch football, but I think he played just so he can have friends. <laughs> Yo, because I I played, I played through high school and college, and I had the time of my life, but a lot of what I picked up from playing sports is what I use in something positive for positive people. It's what I use in my career. It's what I use in yoga. All of these things really translate, and they, they come together in a way that people wouldn't want to look at and it's the same thing for your life when we look at when you don't want to disclose your herpes status or you think about that you know all right where's the inconsistency or is there a consistency are you genuinely the type of person who wouldn't want to tell the person that you're wanting a relationship with and sex with that you have something that can possibly influence them not just physically but also mentally and affect whatever future relationships they may have if y'all don't work out are you really that type of person if you are then you figured it out but if you're not that kind of person and you know that the decision is easy the decision is an easy one so ask yourself what are you getting better at what are you practicing When you either do share your status with somebody or if you don't share your status with somebody, these are the things that you have to think about because it translates. You know, what other information do you withhold from people? What opportunities do you have to get the outcomes that you want, but you actively choose or you unconsciously choose not to pursue them out of fear of not getting them? because these are real things. These are real things that we can think about, that we should think about, that we have to think about. But again, just going back to the whole defaulting to hookup culture where people have to be emotionally avoiding or unavailable in order to survive this. That's we we can't we can't have that. We can't do that. It's not conducive to what our overall goals are the things that we want and if you know you keep getting things that you don't want if you want different you got to do different if you want something different you got to do something different and again just so many conversations that i've been having have been around people like thinking that having to disclose is unfair that's not really what's unfair what's unfair is that you have to be the initiator of this vulnerability and you got to be the one to initiate the conversation around somebody uh being able to demonstrate whether or not they're emotionally available and the reason that we don't want to disclose is because we know a lot of people are emotionally avoiding or unavailable and so the likelihood of them becoming Emotionally available to us seems like it's not something that can happen. I'll tell you what I've had more disclosure conversations with people um, Over the last year and a half that I've lived in Portland now and more of those conversations have been uh, The other person also has herpes and what that led to is more often a vulnerable conversation about what they were going through at that time What outcomes they got? uh, through that process of having to figure out what the connecting piece was. Um, what, Why did their herpes diagnosis influence them so much? What did they learn from their rejections? What did they learn from the relationships that they pursued after that? And I tell you what, man, it really made me feel much more validated as the kind of person who wants to connect because I'm connecting with people. And so, yes, it might be through something as tragic as a herpes diagnosis, but it's a connection It's connecting, you know, connection has no good or bad. It's just connecting. It just is. And I want for other people to experience that. I want for you to be able to have that for yourself. And I want for you to be able to decide, like, this is what I want to go for. This is what I want. And for you to be able to pursue the outcomes that are best for you that also line up with whatever your core values are and those values man those are the most significant aspects of our identity like that becomes who we are because we begin to live and express ourselves through those values so if you're someone who's consistent like i said i've been doing this podcast for six years it's been six years it's been a nonprofit for four And I'm finally at a place where I am getting the kinds of outcomes I want. Fortunately, people have trusted me enough to donate, to give me grants and funding, and give me all types of stuff just to do what I do. And I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of which I do. There's so much that I do, and I also still need to be able to support myself. So I also have to do other things, but all of the things that I'm doing, They're coming from a place that aligns with my values. So the outcomes that I get, again, we don't make wrong decisions or right decisions. We make decisions and then we make them right. And that's where I'm in the process of. uh, You'll see the suitcases behind me. I'm packed up because uh, on Tuesday, I'm going to leave... head back to st louis i'm dropping off some stuff going to a friend's wedding i'm filling out some paperwork at the university that i'll be working at and getting some of my training for when i move back at the end of may so i'm i'm dropping off stuff and i'm making this big move i don't did i mention this on the podcast i know i posted it on instagram that i was moving back home but it's actually happening now so i got bags packed and it's been really difficult to stay consistent with um everything on social media, especially, but recording a podcast, that's never really been an issue for me. I can do that pretty quickly at any time of day. Like now it's going on eight o'clock, uh, here at Pacific time. And I got some stuff that I need to take care of. I got to get ready for work. I got to hit the gym. I got to eat. Um, but it was very important to me that regardless of the audio quality or what that may look like, that I stay consistent. Um, I've somehow managed to produce a weekly podcast every day for the last six years, despite everything that would be going on. Um, We had the pandemic, of course, and me moving. I moved to Portland, ended up getting jobs, having to apply for jobs, updating different things, resumes, paperwork, uh, websites, all of that. And all of these decisions, all of these skills that have been developed have come from me making a decision. That aligned with my values. Like, I, I, I this would be another podcast episode, but I hate suicide. I hate the idea that a person feels like they are so insignificant in life that they're better off not here. Do you know the odds, the probability of you not being here? You know what I mean? Sperm cells are in a, a, a penis orgasm that of all those cells the one that met the egg at the timing at which it had to have been right was it, it brought you here and regardless of what your circumstances are again we don't make wrong decisions we make decisions and then we make them right so i believe that it's important here for me to hopefully empower people to recognize that they have a choice in the decisions that they make that influence the outcomes that they get. But it really starts from a place of whatever your values are and whatever environment you might have been born in, whatever area or whatever your family has been, uh, your friends, whatever it is that's around you, it's probably conditioned you to be a certain way. But there's nothing stopping you from looking at the way you are. And then making conscious decisions that align with the thought processes and the beliefs that have had to happen to shape the habits and patterns that you express and live in your day-to-day life. Because that's going to be how you are more likely to get the outcomes that you want. When you look at what you got, Diamond from the Players Club, Lisa Ray's character said, you got to use what you got to get what you want. And if you ain't got it, and you trying to use something you ain't got you ain't gonna get what you want so it's as simple as that and i hope that this video is able to do what i know the podcast does on a weekly basis which is really support people uh who are navigating herpes stigma uh i have to make some changes with something positive for positive people um by, episode, by the numerical episode 300, uh, I'll do like a reintroduction and podcast episode speaking about what something positive is, what it does, what I do. <laughs> I don't even know why I keep doing that. Uh, I was talking to someone who works in public health. Um, this was two nights ago. And she was like, Courtney, you got to stop being overly humble. That's not, that's not a good look. I was like, oh, but, uh, this, this is, uh, uh, she was like, stop doing that shit. I was like, all right. Oh, I said the S word. Oh, well, you know, this, this shouldn't get taken down for that. So, um, yeah i'm going through the process i'm not going to be able to offer therapy anymore i'll just say that now like i've had in 2020 2021 i basically had to take people hostage to get them in therapy and go to sessions and i did the math uh to give you an idea of what was happening especially now that i'm paying myself i don't want to go to jail so when the irs started doing edits when enough money starts coming in to where i have to um file taxes in a different way than i do now because we don't spend fifty thousand dollars we ain't got fifty thousand dollars to spend over the course of a year but now paying myself more money is going to be coming in more money is going to be coming out so i had to look at the business plan and the business plan was not an efficient one um to give you an idea uh donation-based therapy so if therapist charges ninety dollars a session or eighty dollars a session and that's negotiated. A person donating who happens to be able to afford therapy um is able to pay a, that and a little bit more. So to say ninety dollars. So ninety dollars a session, a person comes in, and doing weekly sessions, something positive gets ninety one eighty seven three hundred and sixty dollars a month for that person's four hundred and set uh for that person's Hold on, that's too many numbers. 91, 82, 73, 60. No, that was right. $360 a month comes into something positive. If the sessions are $80 each, then over the course of a month, I'm paying out $320. So that leaves us with a $40 uh, profit. And based on the math, 65% of what goes into a nonprofit in the state of Missouri is uh, supposed to go to employees and salaries and things like that. So i would be bringing in 90 and then br- taking out 90 and 50 you know so 140. so more money is actually going out for the sake of being able to say something positive for positive people pays for people to get therapy on a donation basis so um i gotta revise my mission statement again um, but a good thing is that i know what i'm doing now i know that i do a lot of different things and I don't have to say there's any one specific thing I do because this is essentially a hub of various um, health communication resources and the, the actions, the, the things that are done are through the podcast, the social media, the coaching, the speaking engagements, uh, the community and the support that's offered. All of those things are functions of the nonprofit. I just got to say it in a way that the IRS will be able to say. Oh, okay, this is what they raise money for. This is what they spend money on. So even if the money is going to be spent on just maintaining Courtney's ability to continue to do this by running the non, the website and the podcast and things like that. So it'll be a combination of things that... Uh, something positive for positive people does Uh, and y'all have been really helpful with filling out the evaluation forms whenever you get support Um, and the donations too because that those really help Um, but the evaluation forms from the love and action fund by Dr. Evelyn Molina-Dacker has really helped me understand what it is that I'm doing for you all so that I can best communicate that to people moving forward who might have opportunities for me as well. Um, that all said, um, I look forward to connecting with y'all. If you like this podcast episode, like talk to me. I'll be interviewing someone in the next couple of weeks about non-disclosure or just not disclosing at all, um, and that'll be that'll be a useful conversation because we don't ever have these conversations from a judgmental way or perspective at all. Uh, it's just gonna be a matter of seeing what the thought process is and being able to have a conversation in this. Th- in a safe space to be able to understand where that person's thoughts are coming from and what might have uh, shaped what their values might have shaped as far as the outcomes that they want. And of course, I'll ask them like, well, are you getting what you want out of this and things like that. But again, so much of this thought process has so little to do with herpes itself. And it's more about whatever the connection is between a person's uh, behaviors and beliefs. And in between that is just going to be what your values are. So living from that place is going to get you the outcomes that you deserve, the outcomes that hopefully do align with your values, your intentions and um yeah, that, that, that's it I think I can stop there Before I get to the point of rambling This is a really good place to wrap up um, Again, you can like, rate, review Subscribe to the podcast Of course, donate as well Venmo is Courtney Brame Cash app is Courtney Brame All one word Don't be fooled by anybody Who got them letters or numbers Afterwards, you might Fuck mm, You might mess around And Venmo my dad We got the same name But uh, yeah, Courtney Brame on those platforms And then PayPal, Patreon Uh, something positive for positive people, the slash SPFPP will be how you find those. Um, yeah, that concludes this episode. Thank y'all for being here. If you're watching, thanks for watching. Um, you are more than welcome to, if you want, you can stitch clips from here and share it because I ain't got it in me. I don't. Um, I got the live video. It's going to be on the Instagram feed. I'll share it to my stories. I got the podcast episode. I'm gonna put that on the feed here now, but yeah, If, if y'all want to do that If y'all want to support y'all can stitch parts of this Even if it ain't got nothing to do with herpes And circulate that across Whatever social media platforms y'all have Alright that's what Andrew Tate did And so yeah if that worked for him Maybe it would work for me If I just stop talking about herpes for so long to where we can get enough of it stitched maybe i need to say something controversial like that part where i said if i had sex with a celebrity and didn't tell her i had herpes and it'd be a scandal just just use that part where i said had sex with a celebrity but didn't disclose and then let that be what circulates and goes viral and then people can find the something positive for positive people platform and then maybe i get some funding maybe the cdc will check me out who knows all right y'all thank you Oh wait, I guess It's people in here Does anybody have any questions at all? I got like three and a half minutes Before I need to turn this off So if you in here and you got a question Go ahead and ask that question now I see some comments here uh, Thank you, I hope you have a great day too uh, Somebody said I hate it when Courtney's right And then they put lol <laughs> Someone said it sucks that it's not on a regular SCI, SCD panel and you gotta ask for it I wish doctors would stop saying you don't have to disclose Yep, we'll get there uh, someone said agreed the more you do it the better you get at it start telling people and eventually you'll be able to disclose or mention herpes the same way folks talk about food hey that's a really good point because i love talking about food uh someone said the illusion of intimacy or connection by way of sex paraphrase a mf word yeah i be saying stuff i don't even know I'll be i don't want to be knowing that it, it hit like that so it feels good to know that a lot of what i'm saying is registering for people and that they're able to regi- resonate with it um all right next week i'll be in st louis um i got a couple podcast episodes scheduled to release automatically i'm going to be interviewing or the podcast will release next thursday uh from uh, the oh my goodness the lost labia chronicles where we talk about lichen sclerosis which is sometimes mistaken for herpes as well um but yeah i interview her we talk about lichen sclerosis and then after that i interviewed the alkaline the alkaline traveler um about healing from herpes and then i i don't know what's after that i think after that will be the episode with the lady who um, i'll be interviewing who had gone without disclosing her status but all right thank y'all for listening and yeah i'll see y'all soon